1: If you want more information about what you hear today on our show, give us a call at 888-324-0589 or visit us online at retireatpeacepodcast.com. And while at my website, click on the radio page and check out our past shows and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Financial programs and literature are generally focused on retirement that's really some ways off down the road. And that's a good thing because the sooner you can build a strategy, the more you can save and prepare for retirement. But what if you've decided to retire right now? What are some of the final steps you should take? What key questions should you have answered? For many of you listening today, the coronavirus may have accelerated your decision to retire. If that's the case, you likely have plenty of anxiety about what to prepare yourself for. The good news is that today's program will discuss things such as health care costs, inflation, social security, annuities, taxes, end retirement, and much more. I chose today's topic after coming across a really well-done Motley Fool article, Planning to Retire in 2020, A Complete guide that I think is really going to be helpful to our listeners today. W- one step the article recommends is to simply gain a broader understanding of your typical health care costs in retirement, because not doing so, could lead to some real sticker shot down the road. According to the article, a couple 65 years old, retiring right now, could expect to fork over something in the neighborhood of $285,000 for out-of-pocket health care costs during their retirement. And that figure doesn't even include Medicare costs and long-term care expenses. There is some good news on the health care front, however. One step is to make sure that you take advantage of your flexible spending account right up until retirement. Remember, in 2020, you can funnel $2,750 in pre-tax dollars into your FSA, and that money can be used for things such as glasses, visits to the dentist, some medications, and doctor's visits. Don't forget that if you don't use that money in your FSA, you'll lose it. HSAs, however, could be an even greater ploy because the money that you put into those accounts doesn't get forfeited. They can remain in the account and withdrawn without a penalty In some circumstances, like if you're going to use those dollars for qualified medical expenses, you should note, however, that the money you withdraw does typically become taxable income. The 2020 HSA contribution limit is $3,550 for individuals, and $7,100 for families. Also, for people who are 55 and older, you can sock in another $1,000. Healthcare, especially Medicare, is a great reason to meet with an experienced financial services professional if you haven't done so already, because they're certainly going to be able to help you make healthcare decisions that fit into your broader financial and retirement strategies. The next critical piece to consider is inflation. After all, if you've managed to save $500,000 for retirement, that money isn't going to have the same purchasing power 20 years from now as it does today. The article explains that over long periods of time, inflation generally averages roughly 3% annually, though that number can certainly be higher or lower depending on economic conditions. I think inflation is one thing that can really be easy to overlook. Using that $500,000 number, if you can look at it as your savings goal, you probably would feel pretty excited when you reach it. But it is important to take a step back and determine if you should push that number a little higher to cover inflation. Sometimes $500,000 isn't what it used to be. Let's now pivot to Social Security. It is no secret that Social Security is an absolute essential part of retirement for millions of Americans. Therefore, it's important to understand what you'll likely receive when you file, and ways that you could increase your monthly payment. Currently, the average Social Security check is $1,503, which equates to $18,036 per year. You don't have to be an economics major to determine if that's going to provide you a quality retirement lifestyle. But remember, that's just the average. If you were a high earner, your monthly check will be higher. And the current maximum monthly check is $3,011. Good for $36,132 annually. That's a solid amount of money, but again, for most people, that's not going to be enough to maintain their preferred lifestyle during retirement. I always urge people to visit the Social Security Administration's website where you can set up an account and begin getting a better sense of what your monthly payment will likely be. I mentioned a moment ago it's possible to increase how much your monthly check will be and doing so comes down to timing. You can begin claiming your Social Security at 62 and you can delay it until you're age 70. The current retirement age is 66. So where you orient yourself against that number will determine the size of your check. For example, if you file when you're 62, you will receive 75% of the amount you would have received if you had waited until age 66, the full retirement age for most. On the other hand if you wait until you are 70 to file you will receive 132 percent of what you would have received if you had filed when you were age 66. you should also note that social security formula used to tabulate your monthly check uses your 35 highest earning years that means that If you're currently earning more than you ever have, and you like your job, you might convince yourself to stay there another year or two so that that can boost your Social Security check. Depending on how close you are to retirement, you may want to discuss annuities with a financial services professional because they can provide you with a steady income stream for the rest of your life. A financial services professional would be able to walk you through the key differences between the different types of annuities while letting you know some of the potential downsides of annuities, because the truth is there are some potential downsides. Let's address taxes in retirement by looking at some of the common ways retirees continue earning income. The first is Social Security. Our listeners should note that if your income hits a certain level, your Social Security may be taxable. Let's take a look at traditional IRAs and 401Ks. These tools allow you to save pre-tax money, therefore reducing your taxable income during the year you make the contributions. However, once you begin making withdrawals after retirement, that money becomes taxable income. You should note that many retirees enter a lower tax bracket once they stop working, so you should factor your likely retirement tax bracket into your strategy. With regard to Roth IRAs and 401Ks, these tools don't provide initial tax breaks, but if you build a strong strategy, you can withdraw that money tax-free once you've retired. So, pay the taxes up front to enjoy potential tax savings later. With regard to investment income, short-term capital gains are taxed at your standard income tax rate, while long-term capital gains are typically taxed at 0 15%, or 20%. Most interest income is categorized as ordinary income, and is therefore taxable. I hope today's episode gave you some solid advice about how you can double check your retirement and financial strategies when you are very close to retirement. I'm Gerald G. Jenright with Mainstream Financial Group and you've been listening to Retire at Peace. If you've liked our show today, visit our website at retireatpeace.com and click on my radio page. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Google Play, or Spotify. And finally, if you want more information about what we discussed today, give us a call at 888-324-0589. Thanks for listening, and until next week, this
0: is Gerald G. Genwright. Thank you for listening to Retire at Peace.